Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the uh, 22nd of April, 2021, Earth Day. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. It's been a busy, busy, busy week, eh? Again. Ah, again. They, 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 <laughs> something about the work week. You know, you know, something about the new economy that's shaping up. Um, just on, on the news break, on the way into, uh, in, into our show, we heard... Um, about the environmental summit being hosted in the United States, and that got me thinking about the the economic numbers that uh, I've been I've been reading recently. So, America is poised to grow. The American economy is poised to grow by six point eight percent in the next year. Now, I mean that's that's making up a heck of a lot of contraction. Yeah, but. For people who've been hanging in there by their fingernails, um, for, for, for people in web services, web development, uh, writers, SEOs, whatever, if you've been struggling, just be ready. There is about to be a, t- a tectonic shift in the economy, and um, it's going to be good. Canada is, is, is seeing 6.2% growth before federal stimulus gets added into the, uh, into the mix. We could be looking at like uh, six point five, almost almost the same kind of growth America's going to see. Um, just telling people, get. Yeah, I'm noticing that I'm busier and busier and busier each week. Um, this week has been crazy. Honestly, I've I've been um, I haven't had a break all week long. Um, I'm not kidding. It's just been straight work, it's, which is wonderful. But uh, get ready, friends. The economy is about to explode on you. Yeah, and I mean, okay, I'm not a, I'm not a economist right like clear clearly um so so we'll go with dave's two-bit opinion but from what i watched we we kept interest rates so brutally low that when we needed them as like a lever when crap was hitting the fan here last year we didn't have that mechanism to go all right ratchet that down and i, I view that kind of like our stimulus and i i know you know up, up here in canada i know americans are doing the same i'm like okay but when we need it like if we're dumping money in now when like things are naturally going back like Maybe we should just hold those stim- <laughs> that stimulus back. I mean, to, to the people that are impoverished right now, yes, 100%. But there, there's elements of this that I look at and go, mm, I, I don't know, maybe, do I really want my kids and their kids paying for this right now, right, is what we're doing. We're, we're just going, I'm going to borrow from the next generation, and I'm going to be retired by the time this has to get paid back. Do we need that right now? I, I'm not an economist. I don't know. It might very well be a great thing. I think we absolutely do. There's there's people who want to participate in the economy, but have been broke for nine months. Then there's people like you and me who've been working for the last uh, 13 months, but haven't had a lot of places to to put our income. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been sitting in the bank. Um, We are not going to be giving that money to the people who want to be part of the economy. That's got to come from the governments, from federal governments. And and it's it's cool. The government can can create money and then tax it out of existence just as quickly. 
Uh, it's just a matter of how, but it, the, the money wasn't there before. Now it is. Now it's not. Well, you, you, you know me. If we're doing this in a trickle up, trickle, yeah, trickle yeah. up kind of way, I, I'm totally fine with it because then it gets to the people who need it. But I, I, I see buyouts to corporations that lay people off and then well, yeah. get their, their, their CEOs bonuses. That's, no. that's where I have a problem. I'm hoping that Joe Biden learned from the mistakes of 2008, where they didn't help the little guy, but they totally helped the big guys, and that prolonged the suffering for maybe 18 months longer. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Just, just looking forward to summertime. The vaccines are rolling out well. Um, over 50% of Americans have now been vaccinated at least once. Um, that just bodes well for uh, for a great recovery, and I'm, I'm 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 just you know I know people are looking for uh, for good news, and on Facebook and social media and stuff, I've been one of those people who've been like, hey, we're not ready to have good news yet, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I I think we I I actually think we are a little bit ready, and then where I'm living is right is seeing a, a horrible peak in the third wave. We we we're going through what uh, uh, New York, Florida, Texas, Italy went through in their first waves. We're doing that right now, a whole year into it because of bad leadership and bad planning. But even in the midst of that, I can see like, you know, months down the road, things are going to be really better in, 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 in our economy and especially in our industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Back to where it impacts our industry. It's going to be a good year ahead. I think so. I, I just can't help it. But it's going to be a turbulent industry. For instance, Google decides that it wants to try to, like, you know, match Europe and California's new privacy laws. So it comes up with this, like, really complicated uh, federated leading of cohorts. And as it turns out, you know, we had Alan Connect on a couple of weeks ago telling, uh, you know, telling us that it's actually Google being a little more intrusive than their appearance. Okay, so the Mozilla Foundation thinks so. Um, Apple thinks so. Um, Microsoft now thinks so. WordPress thinks so. And a whole bunch of different, like, massive web properties are blocking Flock. Yeah, it's it's funny. And and, and credit uh, to Connect because um, I was asked last week to outline this to one of my clients and, and their team to outline what it was. And, and it was nice. Like, I, I knew a little bit. Uh, more than I than I did before, so credit to them for 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 the education there, and and for our regular listeners who who also now know uh, a a little bit more. Um, one of the things to note on the WordPress is this has been put forth. It hasn't WordPress isn't necessarily going around it or or whatnot. And and what they're debating is whether it, it or what they're going to be discussing is whether it should be sort of off by default and you can opt in, right? Sort of sort of angle which. Personally, I, I've always thought it like cookies, right? Like, or like cookies are supposed to be, um, which is a, I should have to opt in to being tracked, not I am, am, am tracked by, by default. Um, you know, it, similar, similar sort of scenario. Um, it, it is going to be interesting to see what they do as a marketer. Um, I hate this, right? Like as, as, as a person, <laughs> you know, who, who, who respects their, their privacy. Um, I like it, but as a marketer, I'm like, Oh, don't make this worse. Like don't take it from 95% down to 90 or, or 98, um, you know, efficacy versus, um, you know, cookies. That would be, um, that, that would be horrible at the same time. I do recognize that we're all still about willing to pay the same amount of per, per acquisition. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really weird. It's a privacy. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly where you're at. As a privacy advocate, I'm really pleased people are standing up to Google as a marketer and a technologist. I'm concerned that we're not going to have a standard in a multi-billion dollar industry to measure against that makes everything even and smooth and easy <laughs> so yeah. that people can spend money and employ more of us. Yeah. Um, like, we need baselines. It's... Um, it's just the way it is. And, and Microsoft has to agree with Google, who has to agree with Apple, who has to agree with everybody else in the field because we're all measuring the same stuff. Yeah. And it's all, you know, it's got to come down to a common denominator because we're all using it to plan the same environment. Yeah. Um, and especially, I mean, especially for, 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 for businesses. Um, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Most businesses, I don't think, are going to be affected by this one way or another. They're not, yeah. they're not even going to know. They're just going to be spending their money on 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 ads, but um, one of the 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 the, the, the beautiful thing about uh, AdWords was it freed the advertiser of wasting their damn cash. Yeah, well, and that that is where we where we start to get a problem, and I think it'll be a bigger problem right out of the gate. Then obviously the systems will learn in aggregate, which is is going to be helpful. Um, and advertisers will adjust. Like we may not adjust how the mechanics of our of our campaigns are working out of the gate because we won't know to. Um, but eventually, as we start to see cost per acquisitions rise, or we start to see clicks, you know, changing how they're how they're being distributed, we'll adjust. And then all of a sudden, our our the mechanics we use um, will start to naturally shape what's going on. I'll pay less for a click if it's not going to be as good. Right. So the real loser in this, if they can't pull the crap together, is going to be Google because I'm only willing to spend X dollars per conversion. That's it. Right. Like that's that's my metric uh, for, for most of my campaigns. So, well, here's the thing I see. Google's Google came out really fast out of the gate with this um, with this idea before anybody else had a had a new plan for for measuring traffic. Yeah. Um, and for grouping uh, 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 uh user behaviors <laughs> into cohorts uh, nobody nobody had a, a plan for it so google's trying to define its uh, its environment and if it's not it, it's, google google's great at search i mean yeah. the, the concept of using links as references and building everything off of that has worked really 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 well for them yeah they struck gold twice by taking overture's idea refining it and uh, you know, creating creating the world's most lucrative mousetrap ever afterwards. Um, although I have a stat about about uh, about uh, YouTube, uh, the the YouTube purchase happened, I think, ten years ago. Uh, some this week, yeah, they spent uh, what three point eight billion or something for it, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. that's that's like what AdWords generates in two or three weeks for them now. And we all thought it was so much money for an undefined property that showed like cat videos. Yeah. And it still does. It just makes a lot more money showing those cat videos. You know what? Given the crap that's on YouTube, I'd rather watch cat videos all day. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and, and monetize them. I'll watch the commercials. I'm cool with that. Just show me the cats. Yep. Um, okay. So there's... There's a rebellion against Google, which I find really interesting. The, the, yeah. the, biggest, the biggest house of them all is having all the other guys say, yo, not, we're not doing this. So who knows how that's going to turn out? Uh, um, I imagine Google's going to have to blink because the, the, the collective weight of everybody else, I think it's bigger. 
it, it will be, or I mean, somebody's going to end up flinching. And one of the things that I, I try and remember because I look and go, oh, this is miserable. And we've got to like wait and see how this out. And our, our, our listeners are going to have to like continue to hear us ramble about this because we do need to get to a final conclusion um, and, and, and let them know what, what's going to end up happening. But one of the things I always try and remember in these cases or when there's major shakeups and in, in updates or whether we're looking at, you know, some of the stories we're going to be chatting about, about core web vitals later in, in, in the show um, is this is a really, really complicated field. And thank God, because that's what keeps us all employed. If it was as easy as it was back when we got our start and hadn't changed since like 2002, 2001, you were in there in like 99, 98. Yeah, we'd all just be doing it and be battling horrible results. But um, but no, it, it changed. It gets more difficult. And this is the kind of stuff that that keeps us necessary and keeps our businesses growing. So. And as things get more and more difficult, the thing, one thing that drives me crazy, I've always driven me crazy through through my entire career, through both of our careers, is as things get more difficult, people try harder and harder and harder to just invent shortcuts out of thin air. I know. Yeah. And I think there's been a critical misunderstanding of the uh, purpose of the Google, um, rate, uh, Google Quality Raiders Manual mm-hmm. and the term EAT. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to reiterate, EAT is not a ranking factor, but it's what Google is looking for when trying to to rank good expert expert driven content. But it itself, expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, are so remarkably difficult to measure um, as 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 individual components. They're more concepts, really. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you can't empirically measure them. Um, I, th- I think the SEO industry has really misunderstood what it means. And you see this in an answer that John Mueller had to give when somebody said, hey, if I put a better business bureau mark on my web page, does that qualify as like trustworthy? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> You're like, come on. Um, you know, I, 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 at the same time, though, you know, you you and I have like a, a lot of of history in in these things. Like, did I at various stages in my career, going back to you know when when you and I were were working with Ross and you know mm-hmm. having these like big discussions about things? Was I looking at things like this here and there? Like, probably something that seemed equally stupid um, to like oh, yeah. people who had already been in for a while. Absolutely right. Like, I I I, I don't blame the the question because it's probably from a newer person. Yeah, that's true. Um, who, who doesn't? But at the same time, you know, for those of us that have learned to think topically, the question is always, should it? And if you can't answer yes to the should this work, then it's a shortcut. <laughs> Even if it did, it's not going to last long. It probably won't. Right. Right. Or, I mean, you know, I, I got my start, in, in, you know, at a time when you had to game the systems, right? Like, so, so did you. I mean, we, Mm-hmm. We can we can we can pretend like we didn't, but we'd both be lying, right? Like we we both had to game systems because Google was stupid back then. I think it was it was really really bad. So yes, are are these just people looking for the the shortcuts that you and I are now like far enough along to go? Yeah, that might work for a week, buddy. It's not worth the time, right? <laughs> like where Google's gotten smart now. You should have joined us with those questions back in like two thousand two, and you'd been asking great questions. But like, you know, it, it shouldn't work. So it, it won't work for long. And there's probably, I, I, I assume we have some like very talented black hatters in our listening audience right now going, 
Yeah, that's cute, Dave. <laughs> uh, you know, here's some stuff that I've been doing for three years now that I thought would be banned on site one and still works. But um, yeah, and, and then there are those strategies, I'm I'm sure. But for the most part, at that level, no, it, it shouldn't work. So it won't work. Um, but it might work for your yeah. audience. Like that's not to say having trust marks is a bad idea. Does oh, it no, work right. for your trust audience? Trust marks are, if, if you've earned that trust mark, it's a good thing to have on your site. Yeah. If you've got a good if you've got a good rating at your local Better Business Bureau, why the heck not brag about it? Do it. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no reason not to. If yeah. um, you've earned your certification in your in whatever field, brag about it. Shoot, yeah. you earned that. Yeah. But don't expect that to be like the magic ticket panacea golden um, golden path to great rankings. It might uh, it might help a little bit, but it ain't satisfying um, expertise, authority, or trust trustworthiness. It's it's just not. Um, and uh, with the change Google made recently, last week's uh, algorithm update, user generated reviews probably won't either. Um, as it turns out, uh, Google's going to be probably looking for something a little stronger than "it sucks real bad" or "god damn that was good." Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and that's that's good, and that comes on the heels of. I'm just trying to find the the tab where I had shared it. Um, yeah, the the one star rate, the the the, the court conclusion, which mm-hmm. I think is. I get this isn't really for the courts to decide. So I get why they had to conclude what they did. Um, but I, I think they just shouldn't exist at all is one star ratings with no comments, right? Like, which are clearly used like, and where you can see, like, it's a, it's like a nothing profile. Um, where, I mean, like when a bunch of people to decide attack. to gang up on a business. Exactly. For something either completely unrelated, like I don't like your stance politically. And so we're going to absolutely trash you, which I find just BS. Um, you know, I mean, because whether you agree with them or not, that, that doesn't matter. Are they a good baker, right? Or whatever they're doing, right? Like that's, that's what you should be judging them at in this context. You can boycott them if you want, but that's not what these reviews are for. Um, you know, or, um, you know, just, just competitors being like acting in douchey ways. Um, you know, you, you also get that aspect too. Personally, I think that, but it, I, I get why the courts ruled in that way, but Google should just not, should either greatly devalue them in their impact on the five stars or just completely ignore them until it's from a trusted profile. And we need some context here. Why did you rate them? Was it that their shipping was horrible? And I don't, I might not care, right? Like I might be like, I don't care. I'm buying a gift for six months from now. I don't care if it takes two months to get here, right? Like you, you need that context for, for the review or is it, Oh yeah. The room was like literally gross and had cockroaches. Yeah. I will avoid that, right? Like, but we need that context, not just just one star, like because that that gives me nothing to work with, and um, I, I just I don't. It, it's you can't defend it, and that's the problem. And that they brought that up in the court is when there's actually a comment, you can apply to Google to get it removed if it's unrelated to your product or service. And and in this case, you're not even giving them that ammunition. You're not giving the business owner the the ability. To, to do that. And I, I think that's why they should just be completely eliminated, if not heavily degraded. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never liked Google's star system at all. Like that, that I think is um, really deceptive. And also like what five stars is to me might mean four stars to you. Right. Um, I think it's really subjective. Um, 
I know I, I know high school teachers who will not give a perfect grade on a, on a test ever, <laughs> even if it's even if the student scored perfect, because they just don't believe it should happen that way. I think a lot of reviewers are like that, too. They'll never give five stars. They'll only give four stars. I can't trust the veracity of that. But unfortunately, a lot of users use uh, reviews like visual cues um, to choose yeah. product. And for for SEOs, um, you got to be really careful with schema, especially when you got on a page that has multiple star reviews, okay? Like 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 multiple visual yeah. reviews. Google hates this because it sees three stars, one star, two stars, four stars, three stars, and very rarely is there contextualization for what all these reviews mean because they're all jammed together. And and because people always screw up the schema to one degree or another, if it's not perfect, Google just doesn't get it. Right. Real careful about uh, category pages with uh, with visual cue reviews on them, like stars. But the other type of review is the text review, the type that that users create themselves, user generated content. A lot of sites feature those kind of reviews. Um, a couple of years ago, that was word on the street. Get um, wisdom of the crowd. Um, have your consumers inform other consumers, and you'll be trusted more by consumers, right? Mm, yeah. Here's the thing. Most consumers can't write their way out of a paper bag. Um, they really can't. They, 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 they don't know how to express themselves in word. Now, that's not a knock on those people, whatever. But Google doesn't like it. Right. <laughs> and um, now that Google has its, uh, use, its uh, uh, product review algorithm update, John Mueller is suggesting that user-generated reviews may not fare so well in Google's new system. That doesn't mean you have to go out and hire a doctor to write reviews for your vitamin site. But you might want to hire a bodybuilder, somebody who really knows what they're talking about. You know, you, you bring up a, a good a good point here, and it ties back to EAT, because I've just been working on an article about EAT and, and, and the guidelines. Um, and, and, and you're right, it doesn't need to be a doctor, and, and, and a great analysis is, is actually right in the guidelines when they're talking about EAT. Um, they're referring to, and I, I think I may have even brought this up on, on the show here, of somebody suffering from liver cancer. Right. But if the, the partner of that person is looking for a support group, what they don't want is a doctor, a person incredibly authoritative on liver cancer. But they're actually looking for somebody with practical experience. They could be a secretary, a teacher, a, like grocery yeah. store clerk, whatever, who has experience with having a partner who has suffered a terminal disease. Right. Like that's what they're looking for. The expertise is not in the actual disease itself. The expertise is in Empathy. the emotional component of, of the thing. And, and that's leading to sort of what you're talking about is, is expertise really depends on a bodybuilder is a better bet in that case of, of like a vitamin store. Now, I want to take it one step further. A bodybuilder isn't necessarily a better bet because she or he is a bodybuilder. Right. A bodybuilder is a better bet because she or he understands the language bodybuilders right. yeah, yeah, yeah. use. Google has no idea this person's a bodybuilder. Doesn't know doesn't know them from David. Don't know nobody doesn't know them. But it knows the language they're going to use is similar to language used for other expert reviews in this field. And it sounds like this. Right. Well, and they've probably also provided reviews for gyms. They probably also provided reviews for like all, all you know, exercise equipment or or whatnot. So um, it, it should help tie that together. I know we've probably got to take a break here, don't we? Actually, we totally do. We've gone way over, but I love this topic. Um, yeah. I, I love covering this over and over again because I think there's so many fundamental mistakes 
um, that are that are made by people. We got. Uh, but I, I just feel like we're on a mission on this one. Yeah. Okay, friends, you are listening to Webcology on WMR.fm. It is Earth Day, uh, April twenty second, twenty twenty one. On behalf of Dave David this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We've got more content coming up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.fm. It is the uh, 22nd of April, 2021. It's Earth Day. Weird today being uh, Earth Day. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm of the type of per, the type of person who gathers with friends and has a celebration or demonstration, depending on the mood that we're in that that year, around this kind of day. And it's um second year in a row that uh yeah it's weird. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay, um, where do we want to go? We got uh check out the page experience. Um, have you experienced page experience in Google Search Console yet? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that I can send one simple screenshot to clients and go, this, like, this is what we've been talking about. Um, you know, I, I do, and I, I appreciate that they gave us that tool and then said, and we're going to give you a little more time, folks. Yes. Um, I, I, I appreciate that in, in this application, um, because they also gave us a timeline on the other end, which I also found interesting where there isn't just the, we're pushing it back to June, but there is a, it'll have its full impact by August. Now I'm sure it'll, it'll adjust past there, but in the announcement, they were like, it's going to be like basically starting minor, but it'll be, you know, growing through August. Um, so we sort of know, I had assumed we had longer than that for it to like really, really take hold. But I'm wondering if maybe it's that icon that they're talking about, like that they've been testing that little like page experience icon being added in or something. If that's the part that's going to be hitting in August that, that might impact click through rates and things. Well, here's the funny thing. I think we've had um, about at least nine months, possibly 12 months yeah. of time to get our stuff together. And um as we approached uh, the May deadline, Google said it was going to going to going to turn on 
um, user experience or, or page experience as part of the uh, the, the, the the actually a, a ranking as a ranking factor. Mm -hmm. um, in what sometime the nebulous date of May 2021. Yeah. So May 1st onwards was the we're going to do it date. Um, and they've as we got closer to that, I think people at Google started going, oh, goodness, nobody's ready for this yet. Because <laughs> um, it's like, I don't, honest to goodness, and I've been pushing my, my I've been pushing my people really hard. And yeah. I can't think of any page that um, is above 70% in uh, page experience at this point. I saw one, I think it was Tracy Ingram shared on Facebook. He said, it can be done. And he had like a 97% or something. Right. Uh, um, I didn't see the page myself. I just saw him say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I withdraw. I did completely withdraw that. Hundred percent withdraw that. Trace, Tracy's a cool person. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I don't know anybody. I would like to see some of Jeremy's stuff get get run through page experience and see and see how that template is working in it. Um, so they're introducing page experience sometime in the summer. It's going to roll out through August, and by September, if you don't got it together. Uh, you're in trouble, as we understand. Yeah. One thing weird I'm noticing, really, really strange. Every site that I'm responsible for is doing really well in mobile. I get a perfect score for mobile, but weird with desktop stuff. Have you noticed that? Oh, that's interesting. Like I look at like our site specifically, we've only got a 53 on mobile. We've got a 98 on desktop. That's really weird. Well, okay. Again, I've been I've been really really pushing hard with this whole mobile universe is everything um, mantra, and you know me, I get really annoying when I get fixated on stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Matt. <laughs> so uh, um, that 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 may be it. Um, I like I like it too. I really like page experience. I find it's um, an easy guide. Um, I hope that they make it less opaque over time um but google's getting pretty good at pointing out here's what the real problem is they they have and something that i i, I find interesting and it was only through this i'm sure i've encountered it many times and just didn't know why well, i wasn't looking for it as hard uh, but i've been doing some deep dives since this all has started rolling out into the the coding of sites and any regular listeners will know i pulled my hair out many times because we have two javascript sites that we like SPAs that we have to deal with, um, which have are, are a, a special kind of difficult um, to deal with. Um, and if we go back in time, like back to the, the not even that far, but like, I don't know, I, I, it all sort of blurs for me once you cross over like three years ago and past. But if we went back, you know, seven, eight years ago or something like that, um, and we looked at how should you be passing across JavaScript? How should you be passing across um, your styles. How should you be passing this all across? It was, you put it all in one place and then you dump it because browsers weren't good at firing off like a million threads and like passing them all across. That's not the case anymore. Um, and I'm hitting a lot of scenarios right now, including one where I'm having to work really closely with some developers where we've created a smaller parcel by putting it all in one file. But we're also Spending this like 1.8 meg wonk <laughs> of signals, right? And, and it's all coming in before everything else because some of that JavaScript is required just to make other elements of the page work. So we're now having to break this thing apart again and going sort of counter to what Dave would normally do and go, yeah, we need to actually like 
thread this across so that the processors on your machine can start working while it's still downloading other things. Yeah, and, and prioritizing these, these files a little better. So it's interesting being forced to go, everything I know is wrong, right? Like everything that I learned is, is sort yeah. of wrong. And I knew it. And it was wonderful um, because it was, it was right out of listening to the podcast uh, from John Mueller and, and Gary Eyes and Martin Split that, that they do, and they happen to be chatting about um, uh, what is it? Search off the record. Sorry, I was going with like, what's the name of that podcast? The one that they do anyway. Search off the record. Great podcast where they just chat, and they were happen to be discussing JavaScript in that aspect of like one big packet versus multiple small ones. And I was like, oh wait, this is that time, <laughs> and caught on. I was like, oh, okay, right, because we can't defer all of this, but we can defer some of it. So we need to split this thing up into into multiple packages and, and send them individually. Wait, that that reminds me of something Mueller said the other day that that actually really pissed me off, really offended me. But you know, it's probably right. <laughs> I don't gotta like it. <laughs> and the part the part that ticked me off was um, he said, "Now is a good time for people to have an SEO side hustle." And it was a side hustle thing that ticked me off because it's like, dude, this ain't a side hustle. <laughs> like, this is a full time job. Um, I'm not doing this between the hours of 6 and 9 p.m. after I'm done, like, you know, uh, working my, my, my real job. Right. Um, that kind of ticked me off. Like, it's not a side hustle, John. People, like, study for years to try to come close to understanding what you guys are up to. Heck, you guys don't understand what you guys are up to half the time. <laughs> um, but he's right with... Uh, Core vitals being so important, user experience being so important. Technical SEO is more important than ever, even if Google is loath to admit it. Thank you, Google. <laughs> um, <laughs> now is the time to the, – the, the thing he said in his statement that was absolutely right, provided you upgrade your skills. Right. Because um, what you were saying a few minutes ago made me think that uh, of, of me and automobiles. I got no problem working on a car that was built before 1986. 86 was the year that cars started becoming computerized mm -hmm. and everything changed. Right. I didn't keep my skills upgraded. I can take apart an old, an old slam six and put it back together again, blindfolded easy, but there's no way I could deal with a modern engine. Not a chance. Cause I never kept my skills upgraded. Right. Java's the same way. Like you, you like, again, that's right. We were told at one time, put the load at the very beginning, have it all in one big ass file get it done and then let all the other all the other stuff um, load after um, or put it at the end which you can't do because the page has to function yeah now that's changed you have to break up and prioritize what needs to happen so that this can happen so this can happen so this can happen and that's called site architecture right. um, or uh, yeah that's that's that that's complex architecture. Of course, at the time we were learning our, our initial rule sets, a dancing banana gif was like a big packet to go across, right? Like that was that was a big deliverable to send, um, not these like massive files that were that were sent. That's true, Dave. But you remember, if you had a dancing banana gif on one of your pages, you were going to convert hundred <laughs> percent. Every it was better better than a talking parrot. <laughs> I'm telling you, very true. <laughs> um, so. I think you're feeling good about the page experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. It. You know what? I, I'm, I'm a, predominantly a technical SEO, right? Like anybody, 
you know, who knows me probably knows that. So um, it, it, it leans to my wheelhouse in going, it's dealing with page experience, which is actually theoretically more in, in my wife, Mary's wheelhouse. Cause she does like UX stuff, but we've got numbers that I can measure, right? Like that's what I, what I love. And I'm like, Oh, I'll see it. It, it turns green when I've done a good job. Right. It's like a ranking report with arrows, right? Like they're green. If I'm doing a good job, um, you know, and, and, and so I do like that element of it and I can see what's working and there's, if it's not, there's a reason it's, it's the same reason I always liked math. Like if I got it wrong, there's a reason. And I know that reason and I can figure it out and I don't have to go. I disagree with not getting an A on that paper because it's English and you don't like my analysis of that Shakespeare play, right? Like now we're getting into opinion and I think I'm right and you, you don't like me, right? Like, or, or whatever, but math is, is math. And, and it's the same with these sorts of things. I'm not relying on a user. I'm relying on a number. At the same time, they are pulling Chrome data. So I am sort of relying on users, but at least those users like in analytics are being turned into numbers that we can watch and go, that's how I know I did a good job. One of the ways we used to knew, know we did a good job was by a, uh, a website's ranking. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore because rankings are, again, fairly subjective. Um, you and I could be sitting right beside each other on similar laptops on the exact same IP, type in the same search query and get like fairly different result sets. Yeah. So what I might see in position three, you might see in position seven or vice versa or whatever. Yeah. Um, hard to say which ranking was the accurate ranking. Right. Um, add geography um, and wildly different um user habits depending on if you're on like a mobile or, or desktop search and you get you know ranking suddenly becomes this very um it used to be a hard number now it's very subjective number traffic that's something you can measure by right yeah now what if you have to measure positioning what if you, your client's demanding a ranking report because it's ah. very important to them not a lot of ranking tools out there still. Ahrefs still does it, I think. Um, but not a lot of ranking tools out there. Google Google has said, please don't do this. This is worse than scraping, they say. Um, <laughs> thanks, Google. Um, how accurate? How accurate? If you if you have to rely on say Google Search Console, how accurate you reckon the um, position reporting in Search Console is? I got a great answer for you. Okay, yeah, g- give me the great answer, and then I can I can I can. I can go into why I, I have problems with the answer, but the answer is it depends. <laughs> it depends on what you're measuring and how you're measuring it. Yeah. If you're measuring uh, average ranking by page, it's going to be all over the map. If you're measuring measuring average ranking by query, it might be a little bit more close to where more or less the average position might fall within reason if you consider that there's a lot of variables that go into it and you really don't know for sure but if you're measuring pages you're going to see like the average ranking for every possible keyword phrase it could match with some of which will rank on the hundredth page some of which will rank on the first queries on the other hand much closer well, it's true and here's where I hit a a problem and anybody who works in local um, we'll hit this problem a lot. And then there's there's 
other exceptions where it doesn't work. And at the end of the day, it's that all data lies. You just have to know how it's about to lie to you. Um, is if I look at, we, we have a lot of clients in power sports, right? Like ATVs, you know, dirt bikes, things like that. Um, if I look up, pick any of my clients, drop in and go, how are they ranking for Can-Am? How are they ranking for ATV dealer? Awesome. If I look at their metrics, like in, in search console, for example, I will see that, wow, they're ranking like position whatever 1.2 on average or, or, or whatever for, for these phrases. If I search for it or anybody anywhere else in the States <laughs> looks for it, they're not ranking anywhere near that. But all of the queries they are appearing for are in this tight radius around them. So they're being impacted by local. So it's just understanding your context that you might be a hundred miles away from that destination and they're nowhere to be found mm -hmm. like that owner might be a hundred miles away and go it's lying to me i've had that happen where they happen to be away and going what is this report telling me it's only telling you what the people who are searching are doing which is why i still do rely like i use google data studio for, for reporting and i have here search console and here's our ranking reports, and here's your location, and here's 100 miles away. If it's like a local thing where I'm like, here's exactly what's going on in the world around you in three columns, <laughs> right? So that you can actually see what, what the world really looks like as opposed to what Google's telling you it looks like. And it's not that they're lying, which is why the, the, the data is so deceptive. Is it they're not lying, but if you don't understand the context, it can be incredibly incredibly misleading there you go how accurate is it depends how you use it yeah <laughs> um if you are going to be uh sorting through stuff um remember you can export to excel and then sort it six ways to sunday mm -hmm. checking queries i advise check sorted via a click-through rate then you're at least you're seeing how people are reacting to queries and that's an indication of what the queries look like uh, as they appear in the SERPs. If you get a lot of reaction to them, you probably got good looking SERPs. If you get like crappy reaction, but lots of impression, you know, it's showing up, it's in front of people. You don't know the average ranking. It could be showing up on the hundredth page, but it's showing up, but you don't get a lot of impressions. Chances are you have crappy looking SERPs. Check your schema. And your titles. <laughs> yep. Oh, indeed. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm assuming you got tight titles if you're ranking in the first place. That's getting, a valid point. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're if your competition's search result sets look better or offer the search user more options or seem clearer, chances are they're going to get the click where you're not. And that's the what's the one thing that I know I can get out of average positions on GSC if I sort properly. Well, and one other thing, just a, a tip, I actually just completed an audit last week where what we were doing was also looking for low click-through rates as opportunities, because you also have an incredibly low click-through rate with high impressions, because you can sort of sort by that, um, and go, ah, these are all the ones where I'm on page one, but position eight, Yeah, right? Like where you're showing up a Bump ton, but up. you're getting no clicks. It's like, well, those are the easy wins, right? Like, Let's yep. go there, boost you up. We'll make you more money. You can give me more money and then we'll work on other things. But let's first get some money in your pocket to keep giving me more. I, I hate to say that like callously, but we're in marketing. That's the perk, right? If you make your client two bucks, they're happy to give you one, that's, right? Like <laughs> That's kind of the way it works. Speaking so. of making money, we are in 
kind of in trouble with studio here because we've gone so <laughs> over time for another commercial. We got to do it. We're going to come back with a super short segment. Apologies. But on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC and Marketing, which you mentioned always media, you're listening to Web Ecology on WMR.FM on the 22nd of April, 2021. It's Earth Day after all. We'll be back after these messages. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 22nd of April, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing. And uh, quick uh, house cleaning note, SMX Advanced is coming up, eh? June 15th to the 16th. Um, we can pretend it's happening in Seattle, but it won't be. It's happening online. It's a virtual conference. Um, go to Search Engine Land if you're interested. Register. SMX Advanced has always been one of the highlight conferences of the year. Um, and uh, honestly, I don't I don't know what it's going to be like in the digital environment. Some conferences have done really, really well and been really innovative, and some have had had their challenges but uh if you're into smx and into like you know uh 100 endorsement on this one in particular conference it's it's a if you're a high level seo you got to be at smx yeah you look at the lineup of of the people that are going to be there and i'm not going to name names because there's too many and i would miss people that i respect in in that list but if you look through the the speakers list it's you're going to learn a thing or two and it's a couple hundred bucks so like yep. honestly, it's 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 well worth attending. You don't even got your, your you don't even have to put your pants on this year. Yeah, the visual that nobody in the audience listening audience needs to have right now. But uh. for a lot of speakers, that's never been a high priority. But still, <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna go back to page experience for for just a sec because the algorithm update uh, that was that was issued last week is done. It's rolled out. It's hit us. If it's gonna hit you, you've been hit. Um, some people say it wasn't a big deal. Others say it was a big deal. Have you, uh, had any, any Nargities from, uh, from, uh, 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 I'm sorry, product reviews, the Google product review update. Have you had any, any weirdness from that? No, I haven't. Um, but we, 
there's only one segment of our clients that has a, a large number of products where it would have impacted them. And their user base tends not to review just by like who they are. It's not, it's not that they dislike the product. It's just that they're not in a demographic that tends to like drive reviews of, of products in that way. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of experience with it. And you know what? I'm going to just be happy about that. <laughs> in this case, I'm going to go, oh, that's great. Um, I'm glad I, I didn't have to, to contend with, uh, with this one in any significant way. I got a weird case where the client I have, major e-com client, um, in a niche sector where everyone who would buy their product is already an expert. You don't, you don't buy their product unless you're an expert in this field. Right. Okay. You, you, you have no business using their product unless you're a heavy duty manufacturer. Yeah. Okay? like, otherwise you wouldn't. So they actually have reviews written by, um, like plant supervisors who are truly experts. Um, they're doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> But um, that's that's the only example I have. Oh, uh, and and good, it's nice when you can go. My only example is positive, but I mean it makes sense. And we've talked about it before on this show. Of course, if there's a bunch of people saying this is good, there's an exactly equal number of people complaining. <laughs> like that's just how this all works. Um, unless we're talking about well, featured snippets taking clicks, in which case everybody just kind of rants. But but that's mm -hmm. fine too. Well, here's the thing, and the reason I mentioned it is if you're expecting that the rollout might turn or might um, change in a couple of weeks, like you know, Dave and I will always say when there's a when there's an update, don't panic, don't take any sudden action, don't freak out, study the issue, and then deal with it. Yeah. Now's the time to deal with it. <laughs> um, your reviews, your user-generated reviews, if they're of poor quality, are not going to help your site rank. Right. That's just all there is to it. They. They mightn't get you demoted, but somebody else who has a better review will probably rank better than you, which is effectively, you got demoted. Right. Um, I would seriously consider the review system and come up with another communication strategy or find a way to drastically improve the quality of reviews quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but given that's very hard to do and you can't pretend expertise don't don't fake it don't do that you're gonna get in trouble if you try um you might want to review you yourself might want to review your own strat your communication strategy do you need this on page is there a better way to express information or to win the trust of your audience yeah good advice um come on because you can't fix this if you, if you don't got if you don't got good strong quality content you can't snap your fingers and make it overnight no. You can go out and spend a crap ton of money purchasing it, but you know, I saw all those people who went and, and went and hired high price experts to work on their web pages, and it didn't really move the needle. No, no, I know, I've I've seen them too in very advanced sectors putting out very good content. Yeah, uh, and, and by and the way, thank you. They've improved the quality of the web doing so. Right, <laughs> but it, um, <laughs> but they didn't get the reward. Um, mm -hmm. that, that they should have gotten for producing. Like basically when, when you watch a company go do the research to look at the entire top 10 and go, I'm going to answer that user's intent better and actually accomplish it and then not be rewarded for it. Yeah. Uh, with a fairly strong site, it, it's, you can, you can definitely understand their, their frustration. Well, and well, well, moreover, like you're the, you're the SEOS to come along after the last SEO got them to spend 60 grand. Yeah. And you got to give them advice. 
<laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> happens to me all the time. Um, and it's, no, it's actually really dicey. Um, this is this is how people sour on the industry. I'm, and I'm not going to say that that advice was bad advice because at the time, everything was, you know, it may well have been quite sound. Um, my problem isn't with the advisors. It's actually kind of with Google. Um, and I know, okay, I get this. You can't create a standard and stick to it because things are always fluid. But you can yeah. try. I mean, yeah. they are supposed to be the smartest people in the room. Yeah. So far be it from me to suggest how to do it. Just do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's a problem, honestly. Like, like um, we have some really good people giving out um what is really sound advice and that advice is often is often timely and um, obsolete a few months later because Google's shifted the way they did stuff. Mm -hmm. um, SEOs know that that shift has happened and, you know, often quite, quite often try to articulate it, but it takes a lot longer for that message to get out into the real, into the full ecosystem. Yeah. And um, then people again, like just spend money, bad, bad energy after good energy. Yep. So, okay, one more topic. What do you got? Um, What's interesting you? Okay, um, we can go with. Oh, jeez, which one do we got here now? Uh, you know what? We might as well because I know we only have a have a couple minutes here. I have not tested this yet. It's on my afternoons testing list, but okay. um, but uh, Roger Monty had, had talked about it, and he's not an idiot. Um, <laughs> so um, over on on Search Engine Journal, that's my way of saying. Yeah, saying hi, Roger. Just like this, hey, Roger, <laughs> and you probably know what you're talking about here. Um, Jetpack Boost has come up with a plugin um, for Core Web Vitals, specifically doing things like um, deferring the um, non-essential JavaScript and stuff like that. Now, I haven't had a chance to play with it, but I understand what it's supposed to do. Um, and if it does it as well as I'm hoping that it will, um, this could be a, a very significant plug-in for most um, WordPress tests. Now, I haven't I seen to, this yet. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. One thing I'm going to note, when I was testing, say, page caching, for example, now I just use WP Engine and, and they just do yeah. it. I had test auto-optimize. I tested, you know, uh, total cache, you know, double three total cache. And I found across a variety of different sites, different solutions work with different sort of architectures. Even in WordPress, di different themes respond differently to different mm -hmm. plugins and, and different techniques. So, I'm not saying this is going to work. Even if I reported back, it worked great. That doesn't mean it'll work great for everybody, but it, I, I definitely put this on my, it's going to be one to test out. Um, and even if I did test it and said it didn't work, it doesn't mean it won't work for you because I've had auto-optimize, for example, drop down the page speed um, and drop down the times and then W3 total cache do great. And I've had the, the reverse being true in different instances. So um, it's a results may vary. It depends, typical response, but um, definitely the, the new offering from Jetpack is going to be one worth uh, worth testing if you're oh. on WordPress. Where, where, when did he write this up? Uh, today? Uh, this was uh, two days ago on the 20th okay. um, over at Search Engine Journal. Well, definitely worth taking a look at because um, if, if that can, honestly, if somebody comes up with a plugin that can save a lot of time on that, that could uh, that could be a, a third of your day going going for the next uh, six months. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, that's that's amazing, and we've gone full clock. Um, that was actually the thank you. That was probably the most useful of all the stories that we had. Um, Jetpack, check out check it out Roger Monty's uh, article on Jetpack. We've gone full clock, friends. COVID is still real. Wear a mask, stay distant, wash your hands obsessively, don't get sick, get vaccinated, protect your neighbors and parents, and all that sort of stuff. But have have hope. Um, the economy is about to explode on us, and it's going to be really absolutely cool. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the 22nd of April, 2021. Stick around the network. we got more great quality, con- great quality content coming up after these messages. We'll talk to you next week. opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.